danger. It's danger. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Hey. Happy Friday. That's not how we start the show. Pre press reset. You normally start so with, with Envy. But he's not here. So right, so I got to do my own thing. Oh. I don't want to do what Envy okay. does. You're right. Okay, you're right. You know, got to restart it. I'm not Envy. Okay. I got to be me. Ready? Happy Friday. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Getting everything up and, and loaded was a little took a little time, but we are rocking and rolling. What's up, guys? You in the house? <laughs> uh, I, I woke up this morning. I saw Amanda Seals on the front of Rolling Out magazine. Man, drop one of clues bombs for uh, Amanda Seals being on the cover of Rolling Out magazine. And insecure starts on Sunday. Oh man, that look I, I, that 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 warmed that warmed my cold heart this morning, man. Wow, congratulations well, to, to Seals. That, that really did. Salute to Amanda Seals. All right, She's the one that's have, pregnant on Insecure. Yes, she plays mm -hmm. uh, Tiffany Dubois. Yeah, we have Issa Rae joining us this morning, correct? Issa Rae will definitely be here this morning. Okay. That's 100% uh, correct. I will represent for all the Ashy brothers and, and figure out what is life going to be like without Lawrence, because Lawrence will not be on this season of Insecure. I mean, they broke up. That doesn't mean anything. You can't have a main character for two seasons and have us emotionally connected the to this brother. The main character is actually Issa Rae. That is true, but he's one of the main characters. Let's not act like he's not. No, she's Why actually the main character, and Why if he's so out connected? of her life... Ain't that messed up? Ain't that messed up? <laughs> Why are you so connected to the show, she though? Like write you you. She could just write you out of your life. And that's real life, same, ladies and gentlemen. Same reason you connected to Game of Thrones. Ain't you emotionally like connected that. to Game of Thrones? I'm not crying. And he knows that those characters get killed off. Yeah, I don't get mad. So no. Lawrence got killed off. That's when you know you got a good show. You got a good show when people get emotionally connected to the characters that you have on your show. So Insecure Season 3 does start this Sunday, and there is no Lawrence, so there will be no Lawrence Hive. Yeah, I believe Charlamagne started a petition to try to uh, bring Lawrence back. That wasn't me. He paid for everything, I, advertising. I, I may or may not have <laughs> donated a couple dollars to the petition. My goodness. But that was not me. Well, all right, well, we'll talk to Issa Rae about all of that. I'm sure you'll bring it up. Oh, and, yeah. um, and you know, uh, we haven't had uh, any men of the cloth at the Breakfast Club in a while, so we have Pastor A.R. Bernard on this morning. Yes, okay. yes. Pastor A.R. Bernard, Brooklyn. He definitely, gonna, he going to pull up to pray for us. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what we talking about, Yee? Man, imagine if getting arrested could actually be a good thing and you could get job offers because of it. All right, we'll get uh, into all that. I'd have been popping. When we come back, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now let's talk about the NFL. Yesterday was preseason. What happened in preseason, Yee? Yes, preseason games started yesterday, so NFL players are back in action. Now several players did take a knee. Uh, they raised fists, or some did not go on the field at all while the national anthem was being played. 
So they said uh, Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Stills, along with wide receiver Albert Wilson, knelt during the anthem before a home game against Tampa Bay. They said uh, Dolphins defensive end Robert Quinn raised his fist during the song. Eagles defensive end Michael Bennett walked out of the tunnel during the playing of the anthem and then went to the team bench. Uh, they said several players on the Jacksonville Jaguars were not on the field for the playing of the anthem before their preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. Well, drop one of the clues bombs for Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson for actually taking a knee. I mean, salute to everybody who had their form of protest, but the fact that they're still taking a knee with the NFL's policy and the fact that they probably, you know, it's still preseason because they can still get cut, I respect that because they're not scared at all. So salute to Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, now let's discuss what... Let's discuss how actually getting arrested helped one person. She's a makeup artist, Marshala Perkins. She goes to Texas A&M University. She had just left her dorm room. She was on Facebook Live doing a makeup tutorial when she got arrested. She said she was sitting in her car for like two minutes waiting on her friends when a police car pulled up right behind her. She was taken into custody because they smelled weed and they searched her vehicle, found two grams of marijuana. And then they did her mugshot. And her mugshot went viral. So now people are saying they want a tutorial. Uh, There was a post that was retweeted more than 60,000 times. Somebody reached out to her. She said to start her own makeup line. She said, it's crazy. My mind is blown. Now it's it's turned into something so positive. So I'm just going to embrace it and see where it takes me. That's life. When life gives you uh, lemons, you make lemon pie, right? But this is what somebody needs to do. Somebody needed to get in a lab and make weed that don't smell. Like, I know that y'all love loud, but no, you need to find something quiet. If you can find something that's potent and quiet, the world will be a better well, place. Well, weed's about to be legal anyway. Well, it's not for, for the moment. Well, and they have the capsules. That it's not, the reason that... What you mean, like pills? Not a capsule. They have the one hitters. the actual weed in that, you know, is, is kind of smell-proof. You can't smell through it. So why people don't do that? Because don't you realize all these stories start with cop-smelled weed? And there's, <laughs> a, there's the vapes and stuff like that, and the mm-hmm. one-hitters, you just take one hit. Also, oh, that there's plenty you, of pl- you tell me that, you can smoke. that everybody else is just behind on the times then. I yes. mean, she probably was just smoking in her car. You need to be, You should have been smoking a vape. But I don't know if that's going to be a good invention at this point in time, because when weed is legal, that is going to be extinct. You still right. ain't going to want to smell it, though. Now, did you hear the story about the bait truck in Chicago that police are doing? I did. Mm-hmm. This is a crazy story. So uh, police actually left a partially open truck with Nike Air Force One sneakers and Louboutin shoes in several places around the community in Chicago and Englewood, where there's a lot of people um, around that they felt like might want to steal them. So basically, it's like entrapment. They're trying to get people to go and try to uh, steal these things and then arrest them. One resident said that to the officers, y'all are dirty. It's a setup. And they're saying that it's the same bait truck. They actually are putting it in different locations. So if you see a truck filled with sneakers that? and lubies, I thought that no, was illegal. I didn't that's think illegal. they could do that. Yeah, they can't do that. Yeah, I mean, the community is clearly outraged by it. And it's uh, they're saying whether they would put bait trucks into their own neighborhoods because they're only putting it in certain neighborhoods. So what they're trying to say is that um, they can catch those people who are repeat offenders because those are the ones that actually will run up and try to steal things. Well, that's why it was 60-plus shootings last weekend in Chicago and no arrests because the cops was too busy uh, staking out bait trucks. And not to mention, if you take a bunch of uh, sneakers and Louboutins and pull up in a poor and disenfranchised area, what, what would make you think they're not going to steal it? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't they? No one's there. It's these, open. Where is Bond? These are people that need things. They probably feel like they can take these things, go sell them, get some money. Like, that's that's that's. Cool. And nothing for nothing in any type of neighborhood. If people see an unintended truck filled with things, a lot of people might go take a look. No, you, only you. If you saw a truck full of Louboutins, you would definitely <laughs> rush. Yeah. Only you. It would, okay? feel, it would right. feel like I said, I'm not really that type of person. It would feel yes, like I said, but it I might exactly. have to take ask someone else to check it out. 
My goodness, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, you are, and, and by the way, you are kind of a fool if you fall for that bait truck at this moment. Either <laughs> you're, either you're a fool or you're really in need of something. I would definitely say this looks like a setup. Yeah, not, not you can't fall for the bait truck no more. Bait truck only right. works once. All right, that's front page news. Now get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night or bad morning in morning, and you just need to vent. Or if you feel positive and you want to spread some positivity. You can tell them why you're blessed. Phone lines are wide open. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's Brandon out of Duval. Duval! Get it off your chest, bro. Me and my old lady, man. It's like anytime she's ready and she want a little something, it's like she got to have it right then and there. But God forbid, I try to get some. If she tells me no, then it's supposed to everything's supposed to be okay. But she can tell me no nine times out of ten, and I just got to rock with it. Well, you got to tell me no what's a little something? You talking about crack? No. What are you talking man. about? Sex. No, you talking, talking about, about sex. Oh, you got to be more specific. You could have been talking about anything. Just on, it sounded like you had a, a coke problem. No. Just tell her no sometimes. I, that's why I try. And she, it, it don't it don't phase it. I try, I try to give the same medicine. That shit don't face her. She's just like, okay. <laughs> you don't have to have sex. You could just cuddle and kiss. Yeah, but it don't, the cuddle and kiss don't work seven days out of the week. And then after a while, if uh, that cuddling and kissing, maybe she'll feel like it. <laughs> Man, she told me from the jump she was a real sexual person, but I ain't, I ain't know how, 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 severe, how serious it actually was. Hmm. And that's why when you tell her no, she don't believe you because she don't give it to you enough now. So she like, when you tell her no, she's like, yeah, right. So what's the solution, man? I would keep telling her no. Maybe your penis is trash. That's why she don't care. Oh, my but I would gosh. Keep her you no. want to play games? I'm going to be honest with you. The old me would have told you to go get a side chick. But, you know, I am a proud member of the oh Faithful Black goodness. Male Association. So I would tell you just pray on it. I would <laughs> tell you to that. masturbate more. Well, literally go. pray on it. Pray on her poom poom. Pray on your penis. Just masturbate. Watch some porn. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Devin. How y'all doing? Devin, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Man... I'm just tired of my job, honestly, and my boss and everybody I work with. <laughs> Where you work? Uh, <laughs> landscaping company. All right, quit then if you bought it, bought it, fool. You bought it, bought it, fool. I'm bought it, bought it. I'm ready to get this day over with, man, and start my weekend. Yeah, don't quit, Listen, this, what you, this is what you, you do. Before, if, you got to pay your bills. If, do not quit. Just take a knee oh, on every lawn that y'all landscape. Every time y'all go to somebody, y'all just take a knee and refuse to work. Just take a knee and refuse to work. Yes. All right. As long as I'm on the clock, it'll be all right. My God, Charlamagne, I'll get him fired. Hello, who's this? What's going on, man? My name's Drew. Drew, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. What's going on, man? I'm actually in a good mood. Um, I just wanted to share some positivity, man. Uh, I listen y'all every morning. I'm an Uber driver. Everybody that gets in my cars and y'all. But look, man. Thank you. I I wrote a book. Uh, I appreciate. It. I wrote a book, and I know you got a book club. Charlamagne got one out, one on the way. Uh, man, I just wanted to share my book with y'all. I've been trying to get in touch with y'all forever, man. Charlamagne, I emailed the link in your bio like three times, man. What's up? <laughs> Who, Karen? Karen ain't hit you back? Nah, man, no That's love. more for bookings. Yeah, it's for bookings, for book- not nah, books. It's, just, but I, I, it's not really for sales. I just want to, you know, share my, a copy of my book with y'all. I would love to have it. What's the name of it? The book, you can find it on Amazon. It's called uh, Life Wounds, Drew Foster. But I actually wanted to send one to y'all personally, you know, for all three of y'all. Send it to the radio station. When we hang, when we, we'll put you on hold and somebody give you the address. Just send it up here. Attention breakfast. That's club. love, man. I appreciate y'all, man. You keep doing your thing. 
All right, bro. All right, you keep doing your thing too, sir. Make sure y'all give Drew the address, man. Don't front on Drew. Don't hang up on him, Envy. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? This is real from Queens. What's going on, y'all? Good morning. Queens, good what morning. Up? What's good? What's good? Yeah, man. I just wanted to comment on that uh, that bait truck situation, man. That's old school, bro. They they had a TV show on that about ten years ago, 10, 15 years ago. They was catching yeah, back dudes in the day, out of town with that. That's back old in the day school. in Chicago, they used to have guns. They used to be guns, like like trucks of guns and truck well, boxes it, of they guns. They brought it back. Yeah, that's nah. It was they had TVs like the best. It was it's. That's that's so old. They had the big TVs back there, TVs with the ass on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had, yeah, they was putting those in there, VCRs and all sorts of crazy first stuff. Of all, man. First that's, of all, I don't like, like I don't old, like how you, I don't know how to. So I guess I guess that next generation didn't catch that, so they just catching these dudes you, with it. But that's some old. Why you object, that's some old crap. Why you objectifying the TV though? Say, why you objectifying the TV? Saying the TV had ass though. <laughs> Stupid. All right, thank you, brother. <laughs> Can't you know they arrest people. They, a lot of people used to do that. Like when there's burglaries in the, in the neighborhood, they would might put leave their garage open and then hide in the garage. And then when the kids come in the garage to steal it, they would shoot them. They would go to jail. You can't entrap people like that. But hello, who's they this? Have a TV show called Big Call. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I just wanted to uh, tell you guys a story and get some feedback from you. Um, okay. I just got back from vacation. I have been in a relationship for six years, on and off. And when I got back to my place, my place was vandalized, and he broke my bedroom set because Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. he actually walked out on on me. What was he so? What mad was he for? so mad about that he broke all your stuff? Well, he just broke the bed because he said that uh, you know we purchased it together, and since we're no longer together. He didn't want me using that bed with someone else. That's so petty. I'm not going to lie. One of my ex-boyfriends tried to take my mattress down the steps and out the door when we broke up. How do you break a bed? Uh, With a a store. Oh, God. He is crazy, girl. You better be glad you're not with him anymore. Count your blessings that he's out of your life. Yes, and I hope he's listening so that he knows that he said to me that we have different values. And I said... Hell yeah, we have different values. Okay. Why would you hope he's listening? He sounds—he sounds like the angry type. He, <laughs> he sounds hope crazy. He got a restraining order. All that's right, right. that's when you like. I'm glad I'm not with that person anymore. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us at any time. Nayib, we got rumors on the way? Yes, so we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian. She was on with Big Boy, and we'll give you some highlights about what she said on there. She talks about Northwest. She talks about Tyson Beckford and a whole lot of other things. All right. And don't forget, Issa Rae will be joining us next hour, all right? So keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kim Kardashian. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, so Kim Kardashian did a sit-down with Big Boy, and she talks about a lot of different things. Now, one of the things she talks about is her daughter, Northwest, asking her about why she's famous. Here's what she said. Mom, why are you famous? Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Okay, I'm going to have to explain this. (laughs) And I'm I'm like, we have a TV show. We have a TV show. And she was like, oh, okay. And... 
you know, that was the first time when she was like, oh. I wonder if Northwest knows that she's the 300th millionth person to ever ask that question in the history of all Kardashian life. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm okay. sure she knows. Salute to North for being in tune with what's going on in the universe. <laughs> She's North, like, what is really going on here? <laughs> we still don't have an answer to that question either, by the way. <laughs> she said, why? Because they they're on TV. All right. Yeah, but how'd you get the TV show? That's the, that's the good follow-up question. Don't worry, North. You'll get, to, you'll, get the, you'll get to ask those questions later in life. Now, okay. she also talked about being married, but uh, being at a restaurant with Kanye, and here's what happened when she was married to Chris Humphreys. So I'm presenting an award, and the award uh, was Kanye was nominated. Mm-hmm. So I see him backstage. We end up both at the Soho house, and he sat at my table, and I had my big ring on because I was married. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, talking with my ring, and I talk with my hands a lot, so I'm talking, and I just see him looking at my ring, and his hand, his face would just, like, get heartbroken. Oh. So I sat on my hands. You know, we look back now, and I guess him and his best friend had a, friend had a convo, and was like, dude, like we're at a restaurant together. Like she just got married two weeks ago. <laughs> nothing went down, right. nothing happened. But then I went to New York and started filming and I was like, you're right. I'm miserable. I made the wrong decision. I think we all knew that relationship was fake. It wasn't going to work. You said it was fake. Why did she hide the ring from Kanye? Because she said that she could tell he was heartbroken. She could see it in his face and he was looking at her ring. So she was trying to hide the fact she was a married woman? I guess she just didn't want him to feel hurt. Who knows why she did that? Why did she wear the ring to begin with? If you, if you She's married. I'm saying if you know you're going on a date with another dude. I don't know that she wasn't on a, I don't know that she was on a date. No, she said she was just out to eat and he sat at the table. Yeah, she was at a restaurant. Well, I just want to tell every woman out there and every man, if you got to hide your wedding ring or you're ashamed of your wedding ring, you don't need to be in that relationship. <laughs> now, she goes on to talk about the situation that just happened with Tyson Beckford, where Tyson had tweeted out, she is not real, doctor effed up on her right hip. And that's when she responded, sis, we all know why you don't care for it. Here's what she had to say about that, because people were accusing her of being homophobic. Really, dude? <laughs> like, you're going to body shame me? Like, okay. Okay, sis. People were sending me stuff on his page that he, like, keeps on going and going and going. And, like, I'm just like, dude, that's so female lame to me. Mm-hmm. It's just lame to me. And for anyone to say that I am homophobic right. in the comment of saying sis, like, I'm so- like, I'm the least. All my best friends are gay. I support the community. I still don't know why it was the point of calling him sis. You right. know good and well why she right. called him you know sis. Why. She called him sis because it's been rumors for years that Tyson Beckford uh, is gay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I mean I wouldn't that would that doesn't make her homophobic. That was just her basically saying we know why you don't like it. Right. She should have just all. said that. You don't like women. All right, now let's talk about Takashi six nine. Uh, according to prosecutors, they want him to get up to three years in prison because they're saying he violated his twenty fifteen plea deal by getting rearrested twice and by joining a gang also. He was in court yesterday. He had four body bodyguards with him and he was supposed to be sentenced to three years probation. That was for posting that lewd video of a half-dressed 13-year-old girl performing oral sex on a friend. Uh, In that video, he is thrusting his hips behind her, simulating a sex act. Now, he did plead guilty in exchange for the no-jail sentence, but he was not ever supposed to get arrested again and fulfill all these other conditions. But as you can see online, he's still doing a lot and uh, claiming a lot of different things. So the prosecutor is asking for the judge to get rid of that plea deal and actually send him to jail. So they want him to go to jail for one to three years. Well, I'll tell you this, all that, all that SMD is not going to work in prison. All right, you be in prison telling guys that SMD, somebody's going to definitely jump in your jeans. Right. You ain't even got to worry about that there, so please. Now, according to that plea agreement, they also said he would have no criminal record if he complied and complied with everything. But, of course, if they take that off the table, then he'll have to actually be a registered sex offender. Yikes. Mm. That's not going to work in the game of rap. 
Yeah. Not you at all. Can, you can't be a registered sex offender dissing everybody because that is too easy for people to use. Well, now you. his defense lawyers are asking for more time to respond to the prosecutor's allegations, so he will be back in court on October 2nd to find out what's going to happen. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, coming up next, Insecure is back this weekend, and Issa Rae, we're going to chop it up with her when we come back. So don't. And I'm going to represent for all the Ashy brothers, okay, all the Ashy brothers that don't understand why we got to have life without Lawrence this season. I'm going to represent for y'all. And I'm going to represent for all the ladies who are like, he's out of my life, he's off the show. My goodness. All right, should be a lot of fun. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club, and she's back. She's yes, back. our girl Issa Rae is here. Issa Rae, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. But Get we are ready for Insecure. It's back on Sunday. Yes. No, we not, because ain't no Lawrence this season, huh? You just don't give a damn about, about us ashy you Okay, you going to take all the ashy <laughs> representation <laughs> off you TV? Using the why, why Lawrence not going to be on, Issa? How many times do you talk to your exes like a day? Zero. How many times? Okay. I'm married. And that's so my exes. So that's her ex. Why would she talk to her ex? You know what? Well, you I just want to say true to life. Because, you know, all along, right, when you first cheated, I was like, she's going to end up with this dude. With Daniel? Yeah. Or? I kind of thought that. And I know he's going to be all on this next season. So I kind of liked him better for you. I don't know why. Well, we'll see this season. Except you know, for when he, you thought he disrespected you when he <laughs> in your face. but She was going through a lot. She was, you know... She was going through a lot, and she, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, mm-hmm. for her. <laughs> so. I saw him at the airport. I, 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 you saw I, a lot? Yes. And I, I kind of was like angry at him, and then I realized like Daniel's just a character. Exactly. And, I, and I realized, you know what I'm saying? I realized I met him before <laughs> when we did, what was that show, Prentice did? The Hustle oh, back the in the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great guy. And I, was I love like, him. You know, I know he probably felt like I was being a little cold to him, but I was like, nah. You Y'all know, made just, eye contact and we you talked, we spoke, oh, and I was like, like like, oh, my bad, Daniel. I, you know, you're not Daniel. But why were you, why would you be crazy. mad at him? <laughs> I, I just feel like Daniel broke up a happy home. That's, that's I want you with Lawrence. Well, you you want that? No, because you said you want me to suffer, so I don't I even do, know that you want. Season, <laughs> just one more season, then y'all get back together season four, have babies and stuff, you know what I'm saying? That's what you want? Yeah. <laughs> good to know. I think it's good to move on. That relationship would clearly ran its course, and that happens in life sometimes. You know, I've definitely, this is like based off of certain events. You know, so I just want to depict them how how they went. Do you believe in going back in a relationship? I've gone back. Do I believe in it? I don't know. I think it just depends on the person. I'm very forgiving. I don't. I never forget, but I forgive. So if it, it feels like we both matured and we're both acknowledging things, because I don't like holding on to stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to put it all out there. And mm-hmm. If we talk about it, then you know the possibilities are endless. At That's- what point did you learn forgiveness? Because I really think I just. Mm-hmm. Learn that concept. I it's, never used to believe in forgiveness. I know you still don't believe no, in it. You always say I did. That I did. I didn't tell y'all that, but I had a breakthrough this weekend when I was sitting on my grandma's porch. I did. I did. And, and, and in therapy, we I had a breakthrough. Because I, I always talk I'm about saying. forgiveness. You, and you about always say you don't believe in it. A couple days ago, I know, but I prayed for that person. I did. No, I did. I said, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I had to get that anger and resentment. Because I never felt that way towards the person where I really, really, really wanted to hurt them in a in a way. So I was like, I had I got to let that go. It's that energy though. Like I think that's just like holding on to like anger and just resentment is is taxing and I think for me it's just like I'd rather let that go mm-hmm. and you also have to remember Charlamagne forgives but the goons don't so oh my God, what they do it. has nothing to do with me 
Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is like I say is always more for yourself because to not have like it's you said, kind of yeah, it is taxing on yourself to be angry and have these feelings towards someone else. Who wants to walk around feeling like that? I know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forgive. Like I, I always will remember. I, I'm not. That's I'm not forgive, not forget. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not praying on it. It's not. I think about it all the time. But I just don't with you. That's you know. that's fine. That's not. That's, I. But you can still forgive the act and be like, okay, we're good. We can separate. Now, spoiler alert, I did um, get to see the first episode because they sent us the screener. I'm not going to lie. I was out all day. I was exhausted, but I came home. I was tired, but I said I got to stay up because I am watching this first screener because I was so excited for it, and it does not disappoint. I was really excited to see where Issa's character is going okay, and to see the job. You actually, the side job that you have made me want to do that. Uh, I want to do that job in real life. I tried to do that Let me not. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away, but there's a side job, and I was like, you made it look like... So appealing. How you gonna talk so about it fun. but not talk about it? No, I thought I y'all talking about that. a guy at first. I was like, that's the new name for side side. <laughs> now side job. Side like, huh? It should be. It is a job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it because I think it's so interesting. Well, don't talk about it. Okay, I don't okay, want that okay. out there yet. Sunday, right, you'll find out what week. she's talking about. Uh, adulting, they say, is a theme explored in season three. Yeah, it's like about knowing better, doing better. You know, that's like. Um, one of the key things of adulting is like, you know, nobody's going to forgive you. Nobody's going to make excuses for you. After you pass, like, your 20s, people are like, she should know better. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And she needs to do better. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, after some point, when you when you make mistakes, you need to learn the lessons from those mistakes. And our characters make some decisions, and now it's about, like, watching them not kind of double back. But can you- How is adulting for Issa Rae in real life, though? Because, like, you like a mogul now, celebrities, writing, like... Cover Ebony. Okay. I know happen. <laughs> Thank you. I, I still make lots of mistakes, but I feel like I, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's part of adulting is just like not shifting yourself for somebody else. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you come into your own, you're just like, this is who I am. And now I need to make that work for me. So, um, but do people allow you to grow? Because, you know, as a kid, they, we didn't have social media, so it, we could grow. If we messed up, we messed up, it was over. But now it's like, you know, they'll pull up an old interview you did seven years ago and be like, you remember when you said that? That's that's really the thing about the internet. Like, everything lives forever, and I feel like, yeah, there is a culture of just, like, holding people to a certain time period in their lives, which I feel like is, is harmful, because you know, that social media is so public in terms of, like, what you put out there at the time. And I, I think about, like, I used to read articles all the time where people would be like, oh, I complained about my job on Twitter and they got fired. And I'd be like, how stupid are you? Right. And then I was going through my old tweets and I did the same shit. Complained about and your I job? And I added my job. I was like, oh, I'm put, I was like, oh, I'm so tired what working here, this? blah, blah. It was at a museum, <laughs> like, just got hired. They don't need And I was, like, talking about it. And I was like, you know, 25, 26. And I was like, how stupid could you? I would right. never do that now. But there was just something in that you feel like it's contained, like it's a bubble. That's why you got to delete the tweets. I was just talking to Ray J about that. And it's good that when you look back on stuff and it makes you feel uncomfortable because that lets you know that you've grown from that. A hundred percent. Because I cringe at a bunch of stuff that I used to say. But that's why I have a journal. Like I have a yeah. journal where I look back and I'm like, ooh. But yeah, I cleanse all the time. I think it's good to purge thoughts. And it's just, again, it's so unnatural for people to have access to the thoughts that you had and hold you accountable today when, you know, there's no context. Even last time when you were here, we talked about your book and you were like, I wrote that so long ago. And yeah. it's like, now you look at it and, and you don't even want people to look at that book as who you are now. Yeah, but I also get why people do because if they buy it today, they're like, oh, this is her. But, you know, it, it's just, you don't think about how books live forever. Live forever. <laughs> well, let's read a passage from your book. Oh, why don't oh we? my God. <clears throat> This is why I propose that black women and Asian men join forces in love, marriage, and procreation. Educated black women, what better intellectual match for you than an Asian man? And I'm not talking about Filipinos. They're like 
the niggas of Asian. Whoa, 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 whoa. The blacks of Asian. I'm Why sorry. Why do you say niggas are? Oh, blacks of Asian. What? Okay. That's blacks of Asian. Do you still stand by that? Um, <laughs> it was so interesting. Like that, I wasn't even on social media at the time when that came out. Wale, of all people, was like, yo, I saw you trending. I thought Insecure, the trailer dropped. Like, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to look. And then, you know, I said, my publicist hit me, blah, blah. You know, I wrote that in 2010, you know, and that was the context of like Steve Harvey coming out and all these news things like black women have no hope. Educate black women. There's no black chance for you. One black Nobody, women. yes, black men. So satirically, sarcastically, I was like, you know, reading a lot and noticed that there was just an abundance and surplus of... Um, and, of course, it was a joke, but I was like, for this to come up, and this is my, this is yeah, my drug, yeah. this is what I'm getting dragged for. I've never even dated outside my race. I was like, I stay loyal to these ashy all my life. <laughs> I was like, can I go on my back page, like, see if I get any hits? Like, let me try to see if I can, if I can get a hit, because this is ridiculous. Dudes are like, I don't even cheat, and I might as well cheat, because you think I am. And that also felt like it was just beyond me. Like, I was like, that, this has nothing to do with me. People project a lot and they want you to be this certain thing that they think you are and and as soon as you show a glimpse that they fit what you think they are they're like ah, I got it I knew that yep. I knew that bitch ooh I knew so. and then I felt bad too because I was like you know what some black people really don't read <laughs> I'm not, I'm like this book was out for so long like, it is, it is. did it make um, more Asian men holler at you <laughs> I mean I also I wouldn't know but no I wasn't walking down the street and First of all, also Filipinos, if you take black as an offense, like, that's that's on you. Stop. All right, we got more with Issa Rae when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Issa Rae in the building. Insecure is back this weekend. Yee. Okay, so you okay. are living at Daniel's house. Mm-hmm. Right? And so how does that even end up happening? In this season, because y'all are not together, but she didn't want to stay with her brother. And there's also something, because again, based on real events, and no, I never lived with like an ex, but I have stayed with one, and it was when I when I needed to, but you also just find an excuse of mm-hmm. just like being around. I want to be around you, and I can't explain why, and this opportunity is available, and I just really want to explore, but I also don't want to tell you that, and let me just see what's up. So that's how it happened. So let me make myself vulnerable. Let me and tell you, let me lay the rules, because she comes and she says, look, I'm sleeping on the couch, that's it. So That's where it starts. That's where it starts. That's Next thing you know, you're in the bed. Then you're wearing his T-shirt. Then you're in his you know T-shirt. What I'm saying? Yep. Then y'all having unprotected then sex. Then y'all cooking. Yep. Now you yeah, pregnant. Sex. You know what I'm saying? Now Lauren's like, damn, see? I knew it all along that he was. she was in love with him. Who do you think has more uh, big energy? What? What? Would you say? This is an excellent question. What are you doing? Lawrence, <laughs> finish it? Lawrence or Daniel from the outside looking She was going to answer before you answer. Who has more big energy? Who has a, a more big, big energy between Lawrence and Daniel? Mm-hmm. I think Daniel does. Mm-hmm. In was, real life, are you attracted to big energy? Well, hold on, Charlotte. What the f*** is big energy? Who do you think has big <laughs> They don't know. I don't know what that is. Clearly, so don't think, know what we're well, listen, I, I'll tell y'all all the time, have I have it. a very average sized penis, so I, I have no idea <laughs> what that no, is you even. You have the energy. What is big energy? Seriously, what is that? What is it? What she said? F-D-E? She said you got S-D-E. A-D-E. That sounds terrible. A-D-E. Average. But what's small? What's big? An ego? You know how you just walk and you like, you know, you just walk with a certain confidence. No. You have, like, I don't know. <laughs> For guys, guys, 
<laughs> it's a real thing for women. We could tell the size of your d- by the way that you carry yourself. Really? Yeah. True. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. There's a certain nonchalance that you have when you're walking, mm-hmm. when you when you're carrying. You know? Wow. Yeah. There is. There's just you don't really sweat stuff. I don't it's know, kinda like when you got your gun on you. What? When you got your gun on you. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on the Ebony magazine cover, though. Thank right, the Ebony you. magazine. You look incredible. You, you don't. You don't carry yourself like the awkward black girl at all anymore. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, you never did to me anyway. But I'm saying I it's don't see it at up. all. It's the glow. Up. Yeah, that's the glow up of the. Even Molly glowed up. Everybody like <laughs> just on the actual show. Yeah, her, thank you. you. Know, being able to date and have options. Can even we bask in the glow of her Ebony magazine cover before we jump back to Insecure? No, I love it. I love connecting it back to Insecure. And yeah. shout out to Yvonne Orji, who's just been, you know, sexual rock and sexual talent and sexual force. Like she glowing up too. Yes, in every single way. And I can't imagine doing the show with anybody else. She's such a positive light of energy, and she. She glued the f*** up. Mm-hmm. And she got a man now in real life, which is real cute. I'm happy about that for her. Love him. Love them. He supports her, which is all you can ask for. He gets it. Oh, he saw Insecure for the first time during the... Well, no. He hadn't seen Insecure before they hooked up. And then, you know, he was at the premiere. And, you know, the first episode was kind of racy. So yeah. it was a lot for him to deal with. Do you still feel like the uh, awkward outsider? Cause now An like outsider? The- no, because I'm like, I demand to be in. And there's so many, like, of my peers around mm-hmm. me where I'm just excited to be amongst them. You know, I don't feel like an outsider. I just feel like, what's next? I feel anxious, and I feel so excited to be able to do stuff and create the next one. Because you're like, you are you are the party now. Like, it's not like he used to say, used to go to the parties and kind of just, like, hang out. But now it's like, Issa is one of the lives of the party. Not the life of the party, but I I throw a good party. I'll still be in the background of the party, like looking at people dance, like get it, get it, get it, hyping people <laughs> up. But you your, know, it's your, just your red cup kick, kickbacks be lit. My my little kickbacks. Yes, I'm having another. Kickback. Um, I'm having a yacht party soon. A yacht yes. party. Hey. Whoa! I like good parties, well, and I had one last year that because I just like randomly tweeted like I want to do yacht. Shit. And I had one and just invited a bunch of my friends, and that was great. And it was right before the, the season premiere of, of, of Two, Insecure Two. And so this year is just going to be a little bit later because I have no weekends left. But I just want to ha- have fun. Like, what's the point of, of doing this if you can't have fun with your friends? Why do I feel like you talk to your accountant just like that? I want to do yacht. <laughs> <laughs> can I do yacht? Can I do yacht? Oh, I can't. I feel like somebody would let her borrow a yacht g- now at this point. Like, No, I wish. If you know, you know anybody like, that would, I, I still got to pay for okay. the yeah. All right. You yeah. know somebody that can't let me borrow you? I actually do, yeah. Okay. All right. Keep it locked. We're kicking it with Issa Rae some more, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club on this Friday. We have Issa Rae in the building. Yee? Question for you. In real life, somebody calls up here, right, for advice, and she just got out of a 10-year relationship, so she's now dating two guys at once, and now her ex is calling her a hoe because she's sleeping with both of them. Now, what kind of advice would you give a young lady like that who, out of a 10-year relationship, her ex cheated on her with her best friend, and now she's dating and sleeping with two guys? What would you say? Because she's feeling insecure that her man is calling her, her ex is calling her, oh, they have kids together, she still has to see him. Why, is she, why does her ex know that, though? Is she he went calling to her? Phone? Um, who cares what he thinks? Mm-hmm. Live your life. 
fucking cheated on you. It's your best friend. He don't give a fuck about you. Move on. He's trash. That's all I can say. Right. Sorry, kids. Your daddy's trash. <laughs> your daddy's trash. <laughs> <laughs> did you hang out with any gang members growing up in LA? <laughs> what yeah, kind of question is that? I did. Remember why IG he was and while oh, he was talking about you, yeah. while she was talking about me, yeah, he was like, "Yo, I asked him if he like, was insecure." Shorty, that shorty, that right to show, you know what I'm saying? She from the crib, from the brib, you know what I mean? That's and, that's and she, you know, so she know the gang culture, you know she what I'm saying? She know how to connect to the is, internet. Is that how he sounded? Yeah, <laughs> I am. And I was like, this, she got on the red made was, my day. I was like, did he sing? I mean, I don't, I'm neutral. No, I went to school. You know, I went to school in Compton, and it was just like a diverse um, group of black people. And yeah, there were some people that banged and. You know, it was just like that was like that the, was the culture. white person asked you about black people in the hood. Like, have you ever met a gang member? Didn't that I, sound like that? I didn't say met. I said hang out. I'm sure she met. But one of the people that I uh, was in insecure when I had to, when I knew that I wanted to do like the blood walk scene. I went to high school with mm-hmm. dude, and he was the only person I knew who knew how to blood walk. Like, we went to we dick school one day. Went to the homie's house and had a party. And I remember Mac Tins do the damn thing. Do the hey. damn thing <laughs> came on, and he was just like. You know, and I'm 15, 16, I'm mesmerized. I'm like, I've never seen people blood walk before. And so when it t- came time to write an episode for someone to blood walk, I was like, I know exactly who I'm going to call. I'm called Brandon. And he showed up. I hit him up on Facebook like, hey, do you still know how to blood walk? And he was like, yeah, and came through. Do the gang members get mad about your depiction, the way you depict them on Insecure? Um, they haven't attacked me like they've attacked Cardi in any way. No. It <laughs> feels like they, they hit you up to extort you yet. Nothing. They have not. They haven't complained. They haven't sent a formal complaint. They haven't added me. So I feel okay. And you see, YG gave it his stamp. He said he, he watched. Did. I'm just finding yeah, that out. Did. I'm yeah, so it's grateful. They showed you from the bread. That's that's <laughs> it. He, he said the bread. Shut up. You getting my hopes up right now. Now I gotta watch the interview. You just wrapped a movie too, right? Yes, yesterday. I was, I'm very hype. I had a little champagne before I came here just to celebrate because I was like, it just doesn't make sense that I'm going straight from a movie to doing interviews. So I Why not? You're star. What movie? It's a movie called Little. It's a Will Packer movie that Marseille Martin, mm-hmm. who plays Diane on Blackish, yep. she pitched when she was 10 years old. Wow, that's amazing. And it is getting made now. Uh, wow. We just finished out shooting with Regina Hall, who's my favorite, and she just finished it. And it's, you filmed it like in Atlanta, based- right? I filmed it in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's based off of... Big. Well, it's like, yeah, it's a it's totally different, but yeah, the inspiration came from Big. It's like the opposite of Big. Uh, Big's one of my favorite movies ever. I used to watch that like every day as a kid. I still watch it now. You wanted it's that piano, movie. right? I wanted that big piano, yeah, yes. And then I, I went to the toy store and got to play it. And then now, now that toy store is gone, down, right? Yeah, they closed it down. That's a tragedy. And what about this film with uh that that that's been rumored for so long with Ava and Issa oh, and Rihanna and Lupita? Because I'm hearing it's happening. That's a discreet saying. That's what YG told me. Why you told you that? <laughs> Stop making up stuff that YG said. <laughs> it's in production. It's in production. production. Definitely not in production. You know. But I have another movie coming out. Okay. It's called The Hate You Give, based off of Angie Thomas's book. Um, it's coming out in October, starring Amanda Amanda Stanberg, Stanberg, and it's um Regina Hall's in that one as well. And I'm basically I've done two movies so far, and Regina's been in both of them. So I want to be in every movie she's in. I'm gonna pull up and be like, "What are we doing next?" Oh, they had the screening for that at Essence Fest. I the screening was there, right? I still haven't seen the movie yet. I know oh. we're doing we're premiering world premiere will be in Toronto Film Festival, but I know they were there for it. 
She was on my flight. That's why I was Who was? Regina Hall. Talking sh- No, she's a- <laughs> It was early. <laughs> but okay. listen, we know you got to go. But Insecure is coming on, on every single Sunday. Hey. It debuts this Sunday. And I promise you, because I already, of course, stayed up late to watch the first yes. episode. The screener is so good. It's so exciting. And you're going to remember when I said... The job that she has on there, you're going to wish you had that job. It made me really feel like I should try to apply you for should. this. You should. In real life. And, and a sip. We don't, us oh, us interviewers sip. don't have to worry about anything, right? That's just a little hobby for you, right? It's a hobby. What do you mean you have to worry? Y'all do this. I don't. This is just an excuse for me to drink alcohol and get, you know. We got some cases for you right here if you need to. <laughs> Why don't y'all ever have drinks? in this? Like, I feel like y'all should board. Why you know, I feel like... Why he was, but y'all don't ever offer like up front. You got Remy, what you need? But what do you like to drink? We got. We got <laughs> I'm gonna just take. Can Remy. I take a case? Yes, yeah, you can take a case. case. What? Yes. You guys are so hospitable. <laughs> you should be called the hospitable club. That's what. That's what y'all are. Hospitable blub. All right. Don't disrespect that red dress you got on. I'm sorry. Thank you. It's the Breakfast Club. It's Issa Rae. Thank you. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kanye West. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, so Kanye West was on with Jimmy Kimmel. Now, he hasn't been on that show since they had their back and forth via social media when Jimmy Kimmel actually aired a video making fun of Kanye West. That was back in 2013. So now he was back on the show. Now, amongst the things that they discussed, uh, Jimmy Kimmel asked him about, you know, his support of Donald Trump. And here's what Kanye had to say. Everyone around me tried to pick my candidate for me and then told me every time I said I like Trump that I couldn't say it out loud or my career would be over. I'd get kicked out the black community because blacks are, we're supposed to have a monolithic thought. We can only like, we can only be Democrats and all. So even when I said it right before I went to the hospital, when I came out, I had lost my confidence. So I didn't have the, the confidence to take on the world and the possible backlash. And it took me a year and a half to have the confidence to stand up and put on the hat. So basically he wanted to support Trump, I guess, because he didn't want people to choose who he should support for him? Yeah, Kanye is one of those people that uh, if you want him to do something, you have to tell him the opposite of what it is you want him to do. But I don't so think... So if you don't want stupid. him to support Trump, so say you're supporting Hillary. So I'm basically going to just <laughs> I'll do... I'll say you're supporting Trump. Do, I'm going to make decisions based off of trying to go against what everyone else wants. That's who That's who he's always been, though. When is Kanye West Even not if that's not like what that? you believe in. Yeah, Listen, even if it's when has he not been like that, though? Does that make I, sense? Listen, he's been... He's been wrong a lot of times throughout his career. We just was riding with him then. So I'm going to tell him not to eat poop so that he will eat it. He might. Poop-a-dee-scoop-scoop. All right. Now, Jimmy Kimmel stumped him with this question when he was talking about his saying that George Bush does not like black people. But how come he thinks Donald Trump isn't the same way? Whether we like his personality or not, the, his actions are really what what matter. I mean, you so famously and so powerfully said George Bush doesn't care about black people. It makes me wonder what makes you think that Donald Trump does or any people at all. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and uh, Kanye West. Uh, let the record show Charlemagne the God asked him that same question in my two hour long interview with him and he did the exact same thing. But, okay. but people think that I Jimmy Kimmel gets credit. 
<laughs> Stop it. Why you... Because uh, somebody competing. tweeted me that. One somebody. person tweeted you that? And yes. Said, That's all it takes is one tweet. Charlotte, okay. what is, this is not about you, okay? Can Jeez. we just talk about this without... <laughs> I'm just saying, I asked that man the same exact question. He had the same exact response. Did you ask him about watching porn? No, I did not. All right, well, Jimmy Kimmel did. Well, kind of. I like Jimmy Kimmel's interview. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, somehow this conversation turned to Pornhub. Here's what else happened with Jimmy Kimmel and Kanye West. Do you feel like your attitude towards women has changed since having daughters? Nah, I still look at Pornhub. What kind of stuff do you look at? What categories? <laughs> Blacked is my favorite category. <laughs> uh, you don't have to go into that. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. But they, I mean, what's the point of being Kanye West if you can't? Let's break down the yeah, porn categories. <laughs> a lot of, lot of um, black on white, obviously. All right, so black on white porn. There you have it. Somebody need to ask him, has he ever watched Kim and uh, I Ray knew J's you were going to say that. You should have asked him no. in those two hours. I, 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 no. I, you I said mean, someone needs to ask him, why not you? Because I don't need that kind of clout. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there that's trying to clout chase and y'all want to ask Kanye something that's going to make headlines, ask him that. All right, I don't need it. Okay, I'm good. Now, another thing that happened, of course, was Mean Tweets, and this one was particularly funny. It was a hip-hop edition of Mean Tweets, and you'll hear Remy Ma, you'll hear DJ Khaled. Check it out. 50 Cent is a moron and needs to be kicked in the ball set. I don't think anyone deserves to be kicked in the ball set under any circumstances. I think that you should take these violent thoughts and place your energy somewhere a little more productive. I feel like Remy Ma physically fights her beats. Like, she can't rap on beat to save her life. Remy Ma also physically fights people that talk on Twitter, like, for real. Come on. Yo, DJ Khaled, focus on getting your fat ass in shape, guy. You can't inspire people to be great when you haven't seen a in years. I enjoy the Mean Tweets segment. I actually think Mean Tweets could be its own show. It definitely could. Like a nice little, t I mean, because, you know, 30-minute show is only 20 minutes. So it could be a nice mm -hmm. little 20-minute show on somebody's network. We should do that up here yeah, once, in, once in a while. Sit down we with a lot of yeah, we should tweets. steal that from Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> uh, first of all, Charlemagne the God has stolen that from Jimmy Kimmel. I do it every week on Breakfast Club's Twitter page. You do? Oh. See what I'm saying? I don't know. People swear Jimmy white eyes is cool. Watch even when you, I watch Jimmy Kimmel do it. Yeah, even when Jimmy you steal Kimmel from the white man, <laughs> even when you steal from the white man the way they steal from us and do what they do, you still don't get credit for it. All right, well, Demi Lovato has canceled the rest of her tour, all because of her uh, trying to make sure she takes care of herself. She was supposed to be performing and going on tour, but she's going to be in treatment for a lengthy period of time, so she's canceled the rest of her tour. you got to take care of yourself first and foremost. It is what it is. Like, you know, forget about... Everything else right now, if you don't take care of yourself, there'll be no fans because you won't be around. So, yeah. And Idris Elba, since you're talking about black, white and all of that, the rumors that he might possibly be the next James Bond are getting even closer. According to the producer, Barbara Broccoli, they said director Antoine Fuqua revealed the details of a conversation with James Bond producer Barbara Broccoli in which he said it is time for a non-white actor to take on that iconic role. Fuqua discussed who might be next in the running, and uh, they're certain the progressive move will happen eventually with Idris Elba, a front-runner for that role. Would you be interested? Man, they've been saying that for years. I know, but it's I'll a little bit it. closer now that the producer is talking about it. Well, I will, I will drop one of the clues bombs for Idris Elba, because the truth to the matter is, and this is just me and my world, Idris Elba means more to me than the character of James Bond. So Idris Elba is already an action figure to me. He's already a, a movie hero to me, way more than James Bond. So I don't give a damn if, Jan if Idris Elba plays James Bond. Who else you think could play that role? Michael B. Jordan? I got the same oh, body type. I think me. 
Man, shut oh up. my gosh! They might as well just keep it as a white person. I ain't never watched the James. <laughs> you do got a white dad body in you. Shut up! You do got a white dad body. I've never watched a James Bond movie in my life. Oh, you haven't? I actually enjoy James Bond movies. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who you giving that donkey to? Well, since we talked about white people so much in uh, the rumor report, let's 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 have a little discussion about white privilege. Uh oh. And the benefits of white privilege for us all. We'll All discuss right. it before we'll, after the hour. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey of the day for Friday, August 10th, all right? Goes to a young woman from my home state of South Carolina named Elizabeth Cutshaw. Drop one of clues bombs for South Carolina, damn it. Okay. 803-843-864 all day. Now, if Elizabeth was a garbage pail kid, her name would be entitled Elizabeth. I know you youngins have no idea what a garbage pail kid is, but Google is your friend, bro. But just know the garbage pail kids represent and represented and still represent the highest levels of trash in human in human form. All right, uh, you had junk food John, who was a glutton for all junk food. You had sicky Vicky, who was always ill. Booze and Bruce, who was a drunk and entitled Elizabeth, would have fit right in, and her name would speak for itself because she represents the entitlement and privilege that she knows she has as a white woman on this planet. Now, I have no problem with white people using their privilege in America. Zero. I just don't like when white people act clueless to their privilege because we all know that there are societal privileges that benefit white people. And I'm not going back and forth with you mayonnaise loving Taylor Swift lovers on this. You know it's true. And once again, I don't have a problem with your privilege. Just don't deny it when I bring it up, okay? One of the benefits of having white friends is to be able to use their privilege like Starbucks Wi-Fi. All right, let's not act like white privilege can't be used for the greater good of us all. All right, white people's privilege is one of the only things that can stop racism because it takes good white people to tell racist white people they are wrong and their behavior towards minorities needs to change. That's why I always stress that white people must use their privilege to combat prejudice. So don't ever think being aware of your privilege as a white person is a bad thing. Just use the privilege you have to do the right thing. Word to Spike Lee. Now, I actually respect Elizabeth because she's fully aware of her privilege. And when she got pulled over and arrested for speeding and driving drunk, she wasn't using her privilege to help anyone but herself. In fact, she laid all her privileges out on the table for police to see. Let's go to Inside Edition for the report, please. A lady pulled over for suspected drunk driving tried a novel argument to avoid going to jail. She told the cop she was too pretty. She also said she was smart, a cheerleader, and went to an accredited university. But instead of dissuading the officer, he says it was just further proof to him that she was intoxicated. A pretty girl, please don't leave me going there. <laughs> Lauren Elizabeth Cutshaw begs for mercy after being pulled over for allegedly speeding past a stop sign. She's put in the back of a police cruiser, then she sobs as she rattles off the list of reasons why she doesn't deserve to be placed behind bars. I graduated from a really good university. I was almost a valedictorian. Oh, I graduated with 3.8 in my high school. I got a scholarship to my college. I mean, it's a mess of beat my whole life. 
at the police station, she called herself a very clean, thoroughbred white girl, according to the arrest report. The officer says he asked her what that had to do with anything. You're a cop. You should know what that means, she allegedly replied. <laughs> Where's my white tears mug when you need it? I'm a very You're a clean... You should know what that means. I'm a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. Okay, if you hadn't have added girl at the end of that statement, I would have thought you was describing a horse. What does very clean, thoroughbred white girl even mean? What can a very clean, thoroughbred white girl do? Make mayonnaise from scratch? Do very clean, thoroughbred white girls own more pair of leggings and Ugg boots than other not-so-clean and pure white girls? Like, what in the name of downtown Abbey is going on here? Anyway, the most telling thing in this audio was when the cop asked her what does that mean in reference to her saying she's a very clean, thoroughbred white girl and entitled Elizabeth responded, you're a cop. You know what that means. Meaning, <laughs> don't act like you don't see my privilege shining. You know what this is. You ignore people of my hue breaking the law all damn day. Why did you stop me for driving drunk and speeding when you could be out here profiling black and brown people and drawing your weapons on them just because they're not wearing seatbelts. How dare you not acknowledge my entitlement by asking me what does that mean? When I tell you I'm a very clean, thoroughbred white girl, do I have to spell it out for you, Mr. Officer? W-H-I-T-E-P-R-I-V-I-L-E-G-E. I am entitled Elizabeth and I am a beneficiary of a system that is failing me right now because I am in handcuffs for actually breaking the law and that is not how this is supposed to work. That's how a white person who knows and acknowledges they have privilege actually thinks. And you know the old saying, drunk person speaks a sober mind. In Elizabeth's case, it's a drunk person speaks an entitled mind. Please give entitled Elizabeth, a.k.a. Elizabeth Cutshaw, the biggest hee-haw. Oh, right. and for the record, Elizabeth uh, and for the record, Elizabeth got charged with speeding, disregarding a stop sign, simple possession of marijuana, DUI, possession of drug paraphernalia, and she was fired from her job at the real estate agency. Jesus Christ, Elizabeth, your Man. white privilege signal is poor. That backfired. <laughs> My yeah, God, your white privilege has a weak signal. Minorities, this is not the kind of white friend you want. Okay, get you a white friend whose white privilege signal is strong. All right. Jesus All right. Christ. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today, Charlemagne. Now, mm -hmm. when we come back, we have Pastor A.R. Bernard in the building. We'll kick it with him next. We, we have not had a man of the cloth here on The Breakfast Club in a long time. In fact, I think the last man of the cloth we had up here was Reverend John Gray with his wife a couple months ago, maybe. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad that Pastor A.R. Bernard is coming this morning because uh, we could use the prayer. We need it. Yes. All right. We'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Pastor A.R. Bernard. Good morning. Good to be with you all. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. All right. Good. But let's start with your departure from the uh, Evangelical Advisory Board. Like, what, what was your defining moment, moment that made you want to step down from there? Well, interestingly enough, we're about to celebrate the first anniversary of Charlottesville. Yes. And that was the turning point for me. Mm. You know, uh, I came on the, the board because of two things that were presented. Number one, uh, the proposal for an inner city initiative agenda mm -hmm. and uh, the administration's uh, intent on doing something about the inner city situation in our nation. Uh, that was part of his campaign promises. And number two, religi Lie. religious liberty. Yeah. You so know? you were hopeful this would be positive for you to be able to be involved in the changes that Absolutely. could potentially I mean, happen. You know, I believe in having a seat at the table, mm -hmm. uh, not just for the sake of having a seat at the table, but because that seat empowers me to speak truth to power. 
That's the only reason I would go into a situation like that. So after experiencing the campaign year and then the first half of his uh, presidency in terms of that first year, first half of the first year of his presidency, it was clear to me that um, the group was simply a photo op. Mm. The the group was simply a prop, you know, to give uh, a certain impression to that uh, political base uh, that, you know, he had the support. And when I saw that it wasn't going anywhere and my efforts weren't going to be effective or efficient in any way, uh, I had to rethink my place there. And then when Charlottesville came, wow. where he drew that false equivalent, you know, between both sides. Yes, good the, people on both uh, you sides. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, white supremacists uh, <laughs> are equivalent to, you know, uh, peaceful, peaceful protesters. protesters. Yeah. You know, that was problematic. And it simply reinforced that this man is not immoral. He's not... Uh, moral, he's amoral. And when a person is amoral, it means that they don't subscribe to a set of core values or moral influences. So they're transactional. It's based upon the art of the deal, the moment, and the transaction and winning. So I could mm. not cooperate with an individual like that. Pastor John Gray just met with uh, Donald Trump. And well, not just Pastor John Gray. Uh, it was a whole host of black pastors. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about something that just... Yeah, and I got problems yeah, with that. Yeah, it was that. a bunch of them. Like, it was like... It was like uh, well, I got what, problems 19? with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know uh, some of the individuals who, who were there. And, and you know, uh, I was disappointed, really, because I knew what it was about. It was about diversion. It was about distraction, mm. which this uh, president is a master at. Safe to say you wouldn't have gone. No, I wouldn't have gone. But you probably have more information <laughs> as far as what it's like to deal with him on a that level probably than... Yeah, but some of those at the because table. Because people were also talking about, like, Kim Kardashian went and got something done. and well, likes these. I think it's different when someone like Kim Kardashian goes to meet with him as opposed to when clergy meet with him, especially black clergy. Mm-hmm. So when we go in there, we have a prophetic responsibility to speak to the issues. And we can do that artfully, tactfully, respectfully to the office of the presidency, regardless of how we feel about the person who's occupying that office. And we have that responsibility to responsibility to do that. Yeah, you got Pastor Darnell Scott in there saying that he's the most pro-black president right. in his lifetime. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, Darrell Scott. Darryl and that's Scott. problematic when you think of that all the That was the craziest the thing I think anybody could possibly say is nothing further from the truth. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised uh, at all that there would be individuals in that frame of mind mm-hmm. uh, positioning themselves in a place of power. You know, this goes back 200 years. You know, slaves did that <laughs> during slavery. So I, I, I'm I'm not surprised. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. because it sends the wrong message. I just don't like the disruption and the infighting that it causes when somebody from our community goes to speak to him. Now, I can't speak for every pastor in there, but Reverend John Gray is a good man. And he's a good, he's a leader of, 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 of men and, and, and women. And I just don't like how everybody's giving him so much flack just because he tried to go in there and do what you tried to do. Wait a minute. He brought that flack on himself by the decision that he and made. And I think people know when they meet with Donald Trump I mean, that it is going to be some type yeah, but of... but we don't got to cancel him, though. Like, that don't erase well, I don't th- everything I don't think, he's done. I don't think he's canceled. Yeah, but you know, no, no, I don't think he's canceled. And he's a good man. You know, I love John uh, Gray, uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I want to be there for him. But these emerging leaders need... Mentors. They need seasoned individuals in their lives that they can run a conversation like that by before making critical decisions. Even though I've had 40 years in ministry, I've been at this, and 10 years in the business world, I still call individuals when it's a major decision 
all right, that I'm going to make or if I'm invited to a space that I know can have ramifications, I want to think through what's going to happen. What will those optics mean? Mm -hmm. See, so when you go in there and say, well, I'm not the the president's boy, I'm, I'm not anyone's boy, or I went there for this particular reason, okay, let's judge the fruit of that. What was the outcome of that? Because when you have the platform and you're sitting right next to the president, all right, and I, I don't want to, you know, hurt John Gray. I, I want him to see him successful. He's a young emerging leader, and I want to see these individuals continue, mm -hmm. you know, the legacy, mm -hmm. all right? But at the same time, we've got to be conscious of the weight of the decisions that we make, even if it's taking a picture. Right, we have more with Pastor A.L. Bernard. When we come back, so don't move, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Pastor A.L. Bernard in the building. Yee. You even talk about how marriage is different now just because society is different. In my book, Four Things Women Want from a Man, I talk about People are getting married to find themselves. And that's a problem because yeah. we're all born with the, the identity crisis and the resolution of the identity crisis as something that carries us through life until we resolve that crisis. So if I'm going to marry you because I'm going to find myself in you and you're looking for you in me, all right, we two lost people, two lost people. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find each other where we're not going to find. You have to be, you know, like all those single sisters out there, all right, you got to be complete and whole in your singleness. Right, before you... And bring that into a marriage relationship. Because if you're looking for that man to complete you, you're going to be disappointed. Are we ever really whole, Pastor? I feel like being whole seems like perfection. We are in a process. Like I said, perfection is impossible in this fallen human condition that we're in. But it's worth the pursuit because of the person that we become in the process. Because more important in life than what you get is the person you become in the process. And I think probably being whole is different for every person. Like, some people might be completely content to be making $20,000 a year, have three children and settle down and happy in their marriage. Some people might feel like, okay, I want to travel the world. I'm, these are things that, for every person, I would think the pursuit of what makes them happy is completely different. Well, you, you, you're drawing two things, external things and internal things. Yes. I think wholeness begins internal. Internal. Absolutely. It's the interior life as the place that you find wholeness. And that is basic to all human beings. It begins with uh, resolving the identity crisis. Who am I? Why mm -hmm. am I? Your sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. That's all interior. I wanted to ask you about wholeness because, you know, you talk about marriage and two whole people, I guess, coming together. How do you find that? Like, how do, how do, if, if, if nobody's completely whole, what are you really looking for? Well, again, the pursuit of wholeness, I think it's important. Uh, when, when, when you get married, it should not be a collision of two histories. It should be a point of confluence where you bring your experience, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your relationships to bear on this new relationship mm -hmm. that brings the two of you together. Mm -hmm. So it's really becoming incorporated, all right? And then you create a new stream of life, and you deposit in that stream along the way, and you create a legacy behind that. I think that's what it's about. Not like this is going to fix me, but I'm already feeling like I'm a whole person myself, and so now I'm ready for this. Because I think a lot of times we make mistakes where we think, well, I can change this person to be the person, or after we get married, then he'll be the person that he should be, or I want him to be. And well, I, all those things, I think, for each of us individually have to happen before you I'm, come I'm glad you're saying it, because you're saying it just like a woman. Women, unfortunately, can tend to feel that marriage is a construction project, and they're the general contractor. Mm -hmm. mm. 
So you don't marry a man for what you're going to turn him into, what you can make out of his him. His potential. You have to understand <laughs> that what you see is what you get. And what you better pay attention to is his character. Because mm-hmm. that's really what you're marrying. Not his knowledge, not his money, not his looks. But you're managing his character. And that's what's going to come to support you and strengthen the relationship or bite you. Why, why is forgiveness important, Pastor? <laughs> so I just had a breakthrough. I, I never believed in forgiveness. And then I, I actually prayed for a few people that I had an issue with over the past couple of weeks. And I actually felt better after I did it. And Pastor A.R. Bernard, just so you know, we have argued about this because I believe in forgiveness. And he has always said everybody's not worth forgiving. Well, if forgiveness is con- considered a value judgment of the person's worth, then it goes back to the dignity of the human person stamped with the image of God. Every person is worth forgiving. Forgiveness is designed to free you. If you fail to forgive someone, then you attach yourself to their sin and you carry it for the rest of your life. And they can go on and forget all about you freely. But you're still carrying that burden. It's more for you Absolutely. than it is for the other then person. It is for the it's other not person. like I'm forgiving you now; you can go to heaven. It's I'm forgiving you so that I don't have the burden of having these feelings about you. Not saying that you forget what somebody has done. You to don't you. forget because right. you have to exercise wisdom. You have to know, okay, and not that you have to be friends with yeah. them. You don't have to be. Exactly. You have to understand, okay, this person can no longer occupy this space in my life mm-hmm. because they're not mature enough. There's no sense of purpose, so I've got to move them out of this space in my life. You know, so forgiveness liberates you, man. It, it makes you free. So if I pray for someone and I forgive them, but when something bad happens to them, I say, look at God. And I smile a little bit. <laughs> Am I wrong? That, yeah, you're wrong. That's, re- that's retaliation. That is revenge. I didn't do it, that's though. You know what you're looking for? And that's intrinsic in human nature, the Harmony. desire for justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. feel that justice is played out if something bad happens to them. See, I do believe that's in karma. I do believe that when people do things wrong, they bring karma that's bad yeah, but, onto themselves. But, should, yeah. but I don't believe I have to do Celebrate anything. Okay. I just feel like <laughs> if you're that type of person and you do things that are harmful to other people or you're a malicious person, that malicious things will end up happening because that's just the law of the universe. But, isn't, but that's still her looking for I'm not some looking type of justice. For it. Well, hey, look. Uh, human nature, we do want justice. Mm-hmm. We can't lie and say, well, yeah, I don't care like what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that if something happens to someone that we decided to just let it go, you know, we say, mm, karma. Yep. You know, well, look, the scripture says God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, that's what they they're going to reap. reap. Yeah. That's karma. That's a biblical expression of karma. What goes around comes around. Pastor, can we end in a prayer? Absolutely. Lord, thank you for... Your grace, your favor, your love for all mankind. Thank you for the sense of purpose that you've given to us because we know that you've created each one of us for a purpose. Thank you for love and learning how to love ourselves and learning how to love each other. Thank you for fulfillment and achievement that we were designed for. And thank you for the platforms such as this that you give us to speak life into a society that is in confusion that is moving towards chaos. Thank you that there's still hope in the midst of the darkness, that there's light. Thank you for everyone who understands the responsibility that comes with that platform. May they use it well to bring your love, life, and light to the world. We pray for all of those out there that are struggling with challenges. Know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a God, and he's very real, and he is there. 
to give his love and grace to you. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. 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 His name is Pastor A.R. Bernard. Thank you for coming, my brother. Yes, sir. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. You know, I want to say happy birthday to Michael Bivens. Today is his 50th birthday. So happy birthday, Oh, Bivens. that's they a big one. Happy park. birthday. Yeah, oh, in the park for him in Boston. It's called Mike Salute. Biv Derby Park out in Boston. We were supposed to head out there, but, you know, we all have different things to do today. So happy birthday to Mike Biv, my brother. Salute to the good brother, Michael Bivens. I always wanted to play him in a movie. Um, but, of course, I aged out of that role. And mm-hmm. Yaz from Empire ended up playing him. And I also want to salute one of our faithful listeners here to The Breakfast Club. And Besa Salam. I know I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but she's from Eritrea. Okay, and she listens to The Breakfast Club every morning. Happy born day to you, boo. I promised her I would give her a born day shout-out for her born day. So happy born day to you. And it doesn't matter that I'm mispronouncing your name because you know who you are. All right, well, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. All right, well, it is a big day for Nicki Minaj because her album Queen is coming today. Now, I thought she pushed it back to next week, but it looks like it is coming out today. So that is going to be happening at uh, 9 a.m. if you're on the West Coast and noon if you're on the East Coast. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to listen to it. And I will mm-hmm. uh, please, please, people, do not rush the judgment on the album. I hate when y'all do that. I hate when the album comes out at noon and y'all got reviews by 1230. Can we live with it for the weekend, please? Well, yeah, she actually had did her Queen radio and she announced it there. She said she was going to play the album uh, live there, but somebody messed something up, so she wasn't able to do it. So I don't know. But she had a whole listening thing yesterday. I saw a lot of people were out there. Lauren London was there, Cassie, Kelly Rowland, uh, Jennifer Williams. A whole lot of people showed up. Drea. So. How you have a listening, but you ain't played out? I guess it was supposed to happen. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But um, the first episode of her Queen Radio was on last night on Beats One. So. That's where she made that announcement about the album coming out today. Word. And she is going on tour also. Let's not forget that in September she'll be on tour with Future. And uh, I think 6 9 is on some of those dates as well. So right. congratulations to her. Today's a huge day for her. Yeah, salute to Nikki. I can't wait to Shout hear that. Shout to Nikki. And she's also going to be performing at the MTV VMAs. So apparently I- it's going to be from some uh, great location in New York. Junior's restaurant is what I heard. I'm going to tell you something else, too. Um, uh, smart move for Nikki to get Queen Radio, because that way you avoid having to do any interviews <laughs> with That's any true. radio stations, okay, or any podcast. You know, good. Start your own radio station. Do your own damn interviews. All right. Now let's talk about Little Kim, because Little Kim recently sat down and uh, did an interview, and she was saying that she's tired of questions about Nicki Minaj. Here's what happened. God bless her. What she did, she did. But you know what? God bless her. I wish her the best. I'm past that. I'm over it. At the end of the day, she did what she did. And until she's ready to be, you know, hopefully God puts it on her mind or whoever else's mind to do the right thing because she knows what she did. And once that happens, then, you know, hopefully everyone will stop asking me because y'all do that to her. I mean, listen, man, she got a point. I mean, she got a she got a really good point. I mean, little Kim is little Kim. There's a lot of things to talk to little Kim about. And do little Kim and Nikki even still have an issue? That's not like a hot button topic right now. Oh well, yeah, what she's saying? saying that all that is behind her, and you know, wish you well and everything. But you know, they were asking about the album title Queen, and 
Little Kim was the queen bee, so I guess she... Yeah, but then that's like asking Queen Latifah how she feel about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, all black hey, women... Hey, we are, are queens. All black women are queens. All women of color are queens, you know? But but if you're just talking about in terms of rap, Queen Latifah's name is actually Queen Latifah. All right, now let's talk about Snoop Dogg and Tamar Braxton. They are going to be doing a play together. Here's what Snoop Dogg had to say on his social media account about it. What up, though? It's your boy Big Snoop Dogg coming at you with some brand new news. I just partnered up with my main man, Jacarius Johnson, on a play. That's right, y'all. Redemption of a Dog. And it's coming to theaters real soon. Are you here for it? What is the name of that play? Ain't no fun. The, the, <laughs> that the, is definitely the, not the name the, of the, the play. If the Braxtons can't have none? No, right, absolutely not. What's the name of that play? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stage play is that going to be? Listen, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. I actually remember when Jim Jones had his play. No, I don't. Oh, yep. Jim Jones had a play. Really? That was about sure his did. life. It was really good. Yeah. I don't remember that. So the first show is in Houston, October 5th, and it runs... Um, it's going to be in all different places, Detroit, Memphis, Atlanta, Norfolk, Virginia, Brooklyn. Listen, I love stage plays. I love theater because that's when you get to really see how skilled people are because you can't mess up when you're on that stage. Ain't no takes. Ain't no retakes, baby. But if you do mess up, you got to just keep flowing and going with it. Like, that's a act fact. like it's nothing happened. And people in the audience shouldn't even be able to tell. Like, you might think you messed up, but people who are actually watching should feel like, oh, it's supposed right. to be like that. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, let's get into the People's Choice Mix. You want to hear something at DJ Envy? I'm going to start the mix off with Poison. Again, happy birthday to my brother, Michael Bivens. Like I said, he's uh, opening up his park today. He's having games all day, surprises all day. So get down there to the park. It's Michael Biv Derby Park. Mike Biv, we love you, and it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.